Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from Estopin All In. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to another episode of the Vamos Marauders podcast. Uh, we are going to do our Louisville City 2021 recap. My name is Benton. You're here with Zach, and we have special guests for um, joining us today. Um, we have Mr. Jeff Greer and Justin Tischendorf. Uh, Jeff, you want to introduce yourself to the fans? Hi, I'm Jeff. Um, I do the play by play for Louisville City um, on the radio on ESPN Louisville um, and uh, do content for racing and for Louisville City and also host Soccer City Radio. A voice familiar to many listening. And Justin, you've, uh, this is what, your third time joining us now? Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Quite a regular on the show. Another knowledgeable fan. So we're going to be diving into the uh, to the depths of the Louisville City season, dissecting what went well, what went wrong. Very similar to our um, racing Louisville recap episode. If uh, if you dear listener had listened to that, so let's go ahead and we'll kick things right off, and we'll just dive right into it. So, Jeff, all things considered, what letter grade would you give to Louisville City season? I'm a tough grader. I'm going to say that right off the bat. I'm a tough grader. I'm going to give them a B. Um, uh, obviously reaching the Eastern conference final was, um, where I think a a lot of people expect Louisville city to get to. And then once you get there, you just don't know what's going to happen in those 90 minutes. And obviously we learn, uh, it's, it's truly like 97 minutes, uh, not just, uh, like 90, (laughs) um, but, uh, it just, uh, an awful way to end the season, but um, I thought that they did well in the playoffs. I played well and, and did and, and grinded out results and, and, and advanced to the playoffs, which is what you would expect a, a savvy veteran team to do. Um, the reason it's a B for me, despite that end result, I thought they were, uh, we were chancively, um, I thought there there were a lot of uh, situations where the way that that left me kind of wondering where the decision making and, and uh, the concentration levels were with the back line. Um, I thought we kind of ran out of ideas in August and September getting forward and looked real uncomfortable on the road. Um, and and especially basically whenever Jonathan Gomez was not playing, it just didn't feel like the team had the right balance and the right attacking verve to it. Um, but again, a lot to like too. So, um, and I know we'll get into a bunch of the things that we liked and disliked the rest of the way. Um, but I, I thought overall, uh, all things considered, Danny Cruz did a, a, a good job this year uh, with what he was handed and, and having to do it. So I'm, I'm good with a B and I would be, I would be happy with a B when I was in college. So I'll say it's a B. <laughs> Fair enough. Justin, what do you give the, the team's performance this past season? 
Um, I'm going to agree with Jeff on this and go B. Um, just because Danny stepped into a situation where he w- was named interim coach one one game in to the season. So you factor in that, plus we made a deep playoff run. I mean, we came up a little bit. We came up short in the end, but then again, I honestly think that he did what he could with the situation and our our players stuck with him the whole way. So, um, yeah, I'm going with a B as well, simply on the fact that Danny did what he could with the line, with the players that we had and the players did what they could in the situation that they were given. Absolutely. Zach, you're going to stick with the B or you're going to buck that trend. No. So it's funny in the, in the racing podcast, I felt bad because I was, I felt like I was great and harsher than everyone else. And then here <laughs> I feel bad because I feel like I'm great and better than everyone else. I, I feel like, I feel like they had a compared to like their own expectations probably like an A minus or B plus, but I would say in the scope of the league, it was an A season. Uh, so I, I think when we've had so much success that, that I think like each year we sort of judge the team harsher and harsher for any, <laughs> any small mistakes they make. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you zoom out and look, I, I mean, by my measure, they were one of the four best teams in the league pretty much the whole season um they 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 back that up by making it to the final four and the playoffs essentially and they're really a a couple seconds away from making the finals um so i I think i i mean we want to win championships here so it's not an a plus or anything but i do think probably like an a a minus uh b plus that that range i thought you're going to go more the the harsh route (laughs) <laughs> so you struck me um i i was i was leaning towards a a b plus again like i kind of like you alluded to the our our history plays a big factor into into that judgment if we were any other team probably in a season but this is louisville city the standards are higher and everybody around here knows that but i mean all things considered again um coach cruz took over very early on the season and still led the team into a very successful campaign. One of the uh, more dangerous attacking teams, 1.88 goals for per match goals against they were, uh, they were eighth in the league at one point um, one three, but their expected goals against was, uh, or excuse me, it was 1.87. Yeah. And then their expected was, was less than one, which would have been, the best in the which it was the best and the best expected. expected goal and also gave up the fewest shots right against in the league so you almost think like what if like what if we were able to bridge that gap between that expected metric and the real one like how close they were to being something like just truly like i mean they're already kind of a purple juggernaut but they were about to be that much more scary um you, know, you also have to think we had some injuries and stuff like the injury of um, Oscar Jimenez. Like, thank God we had Jonathan Gomez. Like we would have been in a real, real pickle if we didn't, um, didn't have him there because Oscar's always been a real key piece. And eventually when he got his groove on later in the season, he was, he, he was a pretty regular fixture in there, but um, 
feel like I'm rambling, get a little off topic there, but, but all in all, very happy with the, with the season, but with the context of, of what the team's done in the past, I think uh, a B plus is a, is a fair assessment. So we're on the same ballpark. That's what I would expect. So moving on, um, let's talk, uh, talk positioning. So obviously at this point, we know some of the ro- um, roster transactions that have happened. We know of a few names that are not returning to the, to the team. Uh, we know a few people that are still kind of lingering out there. It sounds like they may or may not resign with the club. Uh, sounds like conversations are still ongoing with these players. As but, of as of right now, with uh, when, uh, when we record this, we recently they announced Parker coming back. So we're now returning fifty percent of the minutes played last season. As of as of right now, I liked when you posted that. By the way, I was really excited about that. I'm like, that was <laughs> clever. That was smart. But um. So what do you guys think are some of the top, I guess, positional needs or, or areas of need um, for, for the team? Jeff, you want to kick us off? Uh, well, I mean, I think the, the biggest one is uh, outside back, obviously. I think um, we saw how important that position was, uh, as you mentioned, Oscar. Once he started to really click into form again, and, and I, it's, it was clear that it was still – he probably needs a full offseason uh, to really get uh, back to what he's expected to be. Um, but once he even got to like 90%, you're like, yeah, this dude, this dude's pretty effective. He's pretty good. Um, and, uh, you know, with Jonathan Gomez moving on, I think they need a little bit uh, of some dynamic dynamicism out on the, on the outside flanks, especially if they're going to stick with the four, three, three system. Um, the, we know that any team that plays that way now relies a lot on their outside backs. Um, a lot of the other positions for me are kind of depth position uh, ads. Uh, I, I do think it would be good to, to sign a goalkeeper uh, who can challenge for the starting job um, or be a bona fide starter. Um, I think Tyler Gibson uh, gives us kind of a, a, an interesting possibility as a six, if he does resign. Um, and then Jorge Gonzalez was not uh, extended with, uh, with Portland. So th- that's a, a guy who could be an interesting um kind of like depth guy uh, up front. But really, I I think, look, to me, you start with outside back, you get someone real dynamic out there, and then you can build around the veterans they have in other spots. Now, Jeff, uh, Coach Cruz in the past, he's been, he hasn't been shy about the fact that he's a fan of a, of a back three system. If, Ah, if he were to move toward more towards that in the future, do you feel like that we have enough of the, the correct midfield personnel to, to satisfy that, would that change your answer at all? It would change my answer because I think they would need uh, at least one more steady center back. Um, you know, I, I think you're asking. Yeah, just, they already uh, need one more. Even if yeah, they already one need more. one more. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it depends on what happens with Sharpie. Yes, yeah, and that's who. That's exactly who I would say. Like, please, please resign him. He was fantastic mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of the season. Um, I, I think. I liked Corbin bone. I thought he had a great season this year um, when he was healthy. Um, And I think between him and Del Piccolo, they can handle a lot of that. But if you switch to that back three, I I would still love to have that interrupter, that disruptor um, like a a Tyler Gibson. I don't know if if he's the guy or if it's somebody else, but I think they do need, they they still need that. Even if Mm -hmm. they switch to a back three, they still need that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Justin, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I think we need to address the, uh, 
right back situation with Pat not coming back. Oscar is going to definitively move back to the left back. Um, I know I, I, I haven't seen him sign anywhere, but I think uh, Zach Lubin is still out there. So we could add him as goalkeeper depth. Um, and then um, we have JT Kamara coming back off loan as of now. So that gives us a little bit of help in the midfield. Uh, and I think uh, besides like adding a little bit more depth up front behind Brian and Cam, I I think that's – so goalie depth, right back uh, depth, and a starter. I think we're – as long as we sign uh, Sharpie – and Gibson back, I feel like we'll be solid at mid. And yeah, just give some depth to the, up top, especially now with Abdu also moving on. Mm-hmm. And hope and too. Yeah, Antoine moving on. But I feel like um, with Elijah going to be coming back next season. That gives us a little bit more depth in the mid. But then again, you wonder how timid is Elijah going to be coming back from such a serious injury? Yeah, it's certainly a, a big one for Smith to overcome at such a young age. I hope it has a, has a quick rebound. I think the club was really um, eager to, to get him in the mix and, and let him have, you know, have a you know, potential opportunity there. So, Yeah, because if- I, I, know, I know that he'll – at least be ready by preseason because um, I believe at one of the last few home games, I talked to Josh down on the field and he said that he's back to full training, but he still has to have another surgery to get a plate out of his leg Mm. from the injury. That's so unfortunate. I was so heartbroken for him when I heard about that early last yeah. season. So I hope he comes back and has a killer year this, uh, this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. So, Zach, what are what are your needs? Who would you be signing? I mean, I think it's basically starting from the back and moving forward as far as priority went. And, and Jeff touched on it, but I, I do think, I mean, outside back is definitely a, a big need. We have a Jogo-sized hole <laughs> out there. Yeah, now. right. But I mean, it, not only did we lose Jogo, but we lost some depth there too. And, you know, Oscar will be a year older. I mean, he, he had some injury trouble this year. And so I, I think we're looking probably, I would say, for multiple outside backs. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, um, I mean, we've we lost some depth at, at center back. Josh will be a year older, but I don't know if, if we don't sign Charpie. You know, I, that that leaves just two center backs on the roster. Um, so I think we're definitely looking for depth there. Probably, um, you know, if not an every game starter, then, you know, someone to share that with, with Josh. Because I, I don't know if – I wouldn't say he's quite ready for the start a whole season every game yet. So yeah. um, I think we're pretty solid in the midfield. I'd really like to – I, I – I was really impressed with Gibson when he was healthy last season. I mm-hmm. thought, I thought he made a big impression on the games, especially 
it, it seemed like early in the season, I mean, he was getting used to the teammates and like the passing wasn't super crisp, but really like once he really started to round into form and get comfortable with everyone mid season, I thought we looked way better when he was on the field than we did when he was off the field. And, and so um, I think re-signing him, I would consider a, a, a high priority. Um, I, but if, even if we don't re-sign him, I think we're still pretty deep in that central midfield. Um, I mean, I, I would love to see Napo have a season like he had a couple years ago where he was just like wrecking <laughs> everyone in that, <laughs> all over the field from the center and so i i think he still has that in him so i you know and i think we're set there we've lost some i we've lost some depth up top i i think we'll probably pick up a forward but i don't i think who we're returning is certainly i mean cam had an amazing year last year uh if we can keep feeding him the ball i think he'll continue to have good years so i i think probably we're looking to fill in from, from the back forward this off season. Yeah, that's fair. And um, I, I thought that winger might be a more popular answer here, but I'm with you guys. My top of the uh, top of the order were these um, outside back positions. It's one that all season made me nervous. Cause as soon as, uh, as soon as Oscar is injured, like <laughs> I got really worried about the depth thing. Like what if we have one more injury there? That would have been real bad news. And, and yeah, currently we're a little um, lighter than we'd want to be on the, on the center back position. And I, I, I tend to agree that, that I don't, you know, I don't know if, if, if we're at a comfortable enough point where we're, we're good with Josh getting the everyday start, maybe by the end of the season, we're singing a different tune, but he's still, uh, he's still growing and developing and you don't want to throw him into the deep end too early. So thank you. Yeah, Wes has been a, would be a big priority to get resigned. Well, and one nice thing about Wes is it, he's had to fill in out on the wing before, and I thought he's been mm-hmm. very solid over oh, there. Yeah. So he he gives depth at both center back and and outside back. Oh, for can sure. I, can I just toss this in as well? Um, I have been a, a lead supporter since the late '90s, and um, Marcelo Bielsa does not like having a big squad. And as a result, a bunch of their key players are hurt right now and they look absolutely awful and they have no depth and they're playing like 18 year olds uh, against Manchester city. Um, So my concern with, with Louisville city is for instance, like uh, Cam Lancaster, how many times this season did somebody get at his ankle and he had to come off Um, Brian Ownby and, and, and Del Piccolo and some of these guys are getting older. We mentioned Oscar Jimenez, um, Sean Tosh. I mean, the list, they're all bona fide veterans who have been around for a long time, but every season that they're playing 30 plus games means that they have now added on to a previous season when they're playing 30 plus games. And so I get a little nervous about, um, about like cam, for instance, just like penciling him, him and say, okay, maybe we can go find someone else. I, I think they need to legitimately go find like another Kyle Gregg. I mean, uh, maybe not Kyle's yeah. uh, level, but um, close to that because he needs the competition up front and, and they need the depth. If, if God forbid something happens. I, I they might also remember <laughs> uh, like, Oh, around, I can't remember what year it was specifically, but uh, around the time of the first championship season, when we would have like, 18 players on the roster and <laughs> we'd great. get a couple injuries and there'd be like 
a starting 11 worth of healthy players. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> it's not a good way to live. Yeah. I, um, I've, I've been quite vocal about my, my love of the Academy and how we're coming up on a point where we're going to have this, this great turnover, this, this core that James O'Connor built the foundation of, of pretty much the team's success for its entire existence. I mean, I know there's been some changes, whatnot. Uh, that core is going to eventually dissipate, and we gotta, and we have to be start to make the moves now to backfill those roles. And that's where I'm really hoping that young academy signings will will come into play here. They're going to be involved in the system. They're going to learn and grow and develop with how we want to play and be integrated with the squad, so that when that does happen, we kind of have some of those pieces there that that know what we're about, that know how to win and stuff. And that's one I don't, I'm not aware of at least yet a, a, a young striker like that. So I wouldn't be mad if they, if they go for more of a developmental sort of signing behind cam, somebody who has a, has a higher ceiling to, to kind of maybe grow and be groomed into that role. Maybe one that can also play out on the wings as well. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll plug and play there. A little bit, a little dynamicism. I think that would uh, be a pretty exciting signing. I I think if not towards the end of twenty two season, I could see maybe maybe off season going into twenty three. We could we could definitely see that big influx influx of youth into the squad mm-hmm. because again, mo- most of these guys are going to be ter- turning thirty to. 31, 32 years old. And yeah, that not most of them can this is already shaping up to be one of our bigger turnover years as a team. Oh, yeah. The first yeah. two seasons were the most turnover we've had. But as of right now, if we don't return anybody else, this would be the most turnover we've had. And honestly, continuity has been one of Louisville City's like biggest winning factors. In this lower division soccer, there's so much turnover on all the other rosters. It's hard to keep that continuity, and we've been able to keep that. And now I, I think things are kind of tightening up there. There are other teams that are retaining more of their talent, so that advantage that we had is, is dissipating a little bit. And so I think it's all the more important to keep the, the really good guys and especially get people ready to kind of just plug right in as needed. Which I think is good for the league. Oh, it's it's great yeah, for totally. the league. Yeah, I mean, they just – they just caught on to one of our big secrets of winning <laughs> is that <laughs> continuity. So, um, and I mean, a big part of that is the commitment from the ownership group to, uh, to help make that happen. And, but uh, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. So, all right, well, let's pivot over to this. I want to find out who your guys player of the year is, but I'm going to add a little wrinkle here and say, you cannot say Jonathan Gomez. We all know he's he was gonna, outstanding. We're going to jump right he's, into player of the year. Yeah, I want to hear it. Or did you want to do one of the other ones first? Ah, we can go. We can go. Let's just let's just dive right in the deep end. Um, Jonathan Gomez earned every plot that he's gotten. He's, I mean, got obviously gotten a big transfer that was well deserved. And I imagine he would probably be most of our player for the year. But just to mix things up, keep things spicy, I want to hear something different. So Jeff, what do you got for me? Oh man. Um <laughs> That was like the easiest one. I, I, I hand wrote uh, all my different answers here and I just put P O T Y Gomez and just moved on to the next thing. Um, probably I'll tell you who I'm, who I would debate between. Um, 
Del Piccolo and Ownby. And I, I know Cam uh, Cam had a great season too, scored a bunch of goals. Uh, but I feel like there were a lot of times, uh, especially when they were having to kind of grind out some draws and some results in the middle of the season when they're on the road all the time and playing Memphis for the seven thousandth time. Oh. Um, yeah, talking about schedule. God, I mean, everyone just groans when they even hear like Tulsa. It's just like, oh God. Um, but I felt like Del Piccolo was so important to connecting everything for them um, and knowing when he needed to be dropping a little bit deeper, when he could get a little bit more forward, obviously played a key role in the high press when that, when they put that on um, and, and was scoring goals in a way that we've not seen before. Uh, but Ownby, I mean, it's just the energy. Like he never lacks for energy. He's a, he's an instigator. Um, and that I, I you guys may, uh, I would assume would agree with me, but you may disagree. I just have always felt like Louisville city has that like instigator mentality. Like they're going to put you on your heels of, mm-hmm. of like, you've got to deal with us. They want to be dictating the pace of the game. Yeah, yeah. The pace of the game, the physicality of the game. Um, and, and Ownby really is like the guy personified of that uh, entire uh, way of thinking. So if I had to pick because of the assists that he had, I, I think I would lean to, to own B because of, of just like what he was to the team in terms of energy and, and spontaneity. Absolutely. Justin, who do you got? Uh, well, I was going to pick own B, but since Jeff already picked him, I'm going to go, go PDP just because he did have such a breakout season, uh, had a career high in goals and, he he really was a driving force and and leading the all the whole field as a, a captain should and like he he was a crucial part of this he's been a crucial part of this team for a long time now and he's he's finally getting the goal uh, production that I felt like he could have Mm -hmm. coming from the midfield. I know he he usually sat more defensive uh, for the most part in his time here, but Mm -hmm. I'm glad that he finally found that gear to get up, up into the attacking portion of the field and find his goals. Yeah, it was a huge sigh of relief when uh, when we got him re-signed. It's certainly been a big yeah. part of our success. <laughs> Zach, how about you? Well, I mean, I agree with Paolo and Ombi. So, I, since just since he hasn't been brought up, I'll throw I'll throw Tosh out there for that as well. I think I think he's been so consistent. I mean, he never like misses a minute. He's the rock back there. I think it's easy to take him for granted. But I mean, he put in another all league scene. Uh, another all league season last year. Um, and I don't think missed a minute again all season. Yeah. He was an iron man. Yeah. He played it all. He played uh, every single minute. And I, I mean, I know we mentioned like, you know, we had some disappointments, but I think if you look, especially on paper, it was such a solid defensive season. I think he has to take some credit for that. I, uh, he's also just a great passer out of the center back position he really mm-hmm. like leads it gets the possession started well for them and i think is is a key to to how well 
Louisville City has been in how good Louisville City has been in possession. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think I think he's certainly a worthy candidate for that too. That's fair. So I, uh, I I I have a tendency. I like I like the midfielders a lot. I I think a lot of times they become kind of unsung heroes a bit. I was uh, probably also going to say Paulo de Piccolo, not not for his goal uh, goal production because I hate like when we do the player of the match thing. It's just the person who scores that always gets it. Not <laughs> not because of that, but but just because of how vital he is to the team. All of the all, all of the little things that he does that sometimes go unnoticed. And let's be honest, a lot of his goals were simply because he's a smart player. He wasn't hitting in bangers that were curved around people. He was in the right place in the right time because he knows the game. He knows where to be. He knows the system. And that, that, that speaks a lot to me. But just so I can uh, differentiate from you guys, I'm going to throw uh, Corbin Bone's name into the ring because mm-hmm. um, kind of like I said before, unsung hero. They do a, a lot of the dirty work that doesn't always get noticed and uh, just a truly like integral part of the team. And I'm, I'm really happy how he's, he's come along and, and grown with the organization. And in that regards, I'm kind of segueing off of this a little bit. I'm very excited I'm hoping that we get Tyler Gibson back for next season because I'm a huge fan of his. And I, while we didn't see the same extent of him as we saw the Corbin Bone, I think he's another one of those real critical players that can be a huge, uh, huge difference maker. I think in a lot of games this year, Corbin Bone was the most important player on the field for us. Mm-hmm. But I think for play of the year, it's just the missing time really hurt him. I yeah, think. I know. I was only trying to be different. I probably always said Paulo too. Well, the, the thing that the thing that I like about those two together, Paulo and, and Corbin, is Paulo Paulo times his runs. Like, I mean, I know we we're just talking about his movement is so so good. Like his understanding of where the ball can be delivered, and and, and it was reflected in his goals. Um, and he does so much with his movement. And Corbin is always willing to experiment with his passes. He's he's willing to try something. Uh, and you need that between your, and, and mm-hmm. Paulo does that too, but those guys work really well together. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I would echo what you said about Tyler. Like if you can get Tyler Gibson behind them, um, like Niall McCabe and Napa Masoso can play that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you get the sense that they're not as comfortable playing that role as Tyler Gibson is like Tyler Gibson is yeah. clearly has been a six for a really long time. Um, but yeah, if Gibson hadn't gotten hurt, he would be in this conversation too. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to. I want to add. I'm, so I've, I'm looking because Benton threw us that curveball. I, I pulled up uh, goals added <laughs> for the team on the season, like broken out by category. And we were talking about how good Paolo's movement and like awareness and positioning has been. So just in the receiving part of the uh, goals added, he had three goals added on the season and for context um he led the team in in goals added ombi was second on the team in goals added and he had 2.3 total for all of the categories put together so Paolo just had an incredible season receiving the ball this year absolutely absolutely so kind of stemming within the um individual player accolades I want to know who is your guy's most improved player. Who do you got down for that one, Jeff? Most improved player. Um, I can't read my own handwriting. I don't think I wrote it down. I'll say, um, 
Are we allowed to say Jogo for this one, Bitten? Or is <laughs> I mean, no, no sure. apples at all for Jogo? Sure, I mean, you can guy, you can say that one. That's fair. It's like <laughs> it's like a it's like a chart. Only instead of him progressively going, he just went straight <laughs> up. Um, to to keep it interesting because he's such a good choice. Um, I'll say West Sharpie. I just I felt like he was just so so good this year, um, and the injury really hurt. Uh, Louisville city uh, defensively. I mean, I know they still had really good numbers, but I just felt like he, he feels with all due respect to Sean Tosh, who I think is a very consistent performer. Wes Sharpie just feels more, even more confident than Sean, which is crazy to say, because Tosh is a very confident center back, but Sharpie just gave them that little extra grit. I felt like, so he, he, to, to play in multiple positions, to get forward the way he did when they needed him outside, uh, and then to be as solid as he was uh, at center back, I felt like he really took a big step forward. Justin, who was your most improved? Um, I think I would have to go Paolo on this as well. I mean, strictly because like he he is mostly that that unsung hero that we have like, like in the middle of the field, but. He, he found another gear in his game this year with scoring goals mm-hmm. on a semi-consistent basis. Like, granted, he only had, like, what, nine goals on the season, but still, they were they were big-time That's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, for a midfielder, that is a lot. I mean, it's definitely not cam numbers, but it's just, oh, like, yeah. for a midfielder, it's <laughs> – it, yeah. it's a lot it doesn't of seem like much when you have somebody he's putting up 20 on the team <laughs> yeah. exactly overshadowing it um, yeah. but yeah it it's it was nice to see him find that extra gear in his game this year to where he could get forward and he felt confident enough to get forward and put his foot and head onto the ball at certain moments mm-hmm. there you go zach what about you okay this is gonna be a weird one this gets i mean it's Ooh, it's Jogo like it. from, from okay. like last year to this year, but he also just came out of box this season. Uh, but to make it interesting, I I think I'm going to say Ombi for this one, just because we've seen peak Ombi before, but I feel like this is the first season that I can remember where he was able to keep that playoff Ombi form going for a whole season, mm-hmm. start to, start to finish that I don't I, we've all we've seen him do this in spurts but I I don't I don't recall him consistently contributing like he did from start to finish this year so I, I think I think he took took a step and he played a little smarter this season and and kept himself on the field and so I'll go with Ombi. I like that one I mean I think you're you're totally right there it's, he was he was he was consistent usually you kind of see some dips and whatnot so that's clever i like that has he gotten faster to you guys like it seems like every year he's he's getting older and he's getting faster like every year he seems like he's got even more burst and more like sustainable burst i think he's getting better about picking his spots yeah because i i think the knock on him early on was always like you only got 60 minutes out of him because (laughs) the moment he got on the field he ran as fast as he could all mm-hmm. the time and, and and ran till the tank was was empty and i think he now that he's a little older he knows like when when is a good time to turn on the jets and like mm-hmm. when do i need to jog and save some energy 
that's well, that's what you get with a with the veteran presence like that. So, um, for for my most improved, I think I'm also going to go West Sharpie. He uh, he really I, I think grew leaps and bounds to me this season. I mean, obviously you got other um other 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 players you mentioned all had had made admirable growth, but I didn't uh, I didn't view um, Sharpie probably as a regular starter at the beginning of the season, but by the end of it, I'm like absolutely now I really want him back, and I would assume the starting job would be kind of his to lose based off of his growth and his development. And Jeff, kind of like you said, he, the grittiness he added, like he was, he was aggressive, like on the attack as well. So even like, you know, I don't, um, even if he gets in that mix, if we're, if we're pressing on a team that we're much better than let's see, like a sporting Kansas city or something, kind of team we normally bully, he's somebody going to get in the action too, and maybe good for a goal or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really, really exciting. I like to, I like to see that a lot. And it's, I think it's something a little different. I mean, Sean Tosh scores his here or there, but I think West Sharpie might have a little bit more of that in him just in his aggressive style and play. Kind of in a, uh, in a similar, similar realm. I want to know who your guys, uh, biggest, uh, surprise was, and this could either be positive or negative. Jeff, what do you got for that one? Um, I'll go, Oh, I'll, I'll stick positive. Um, we've talked so much about Del Piccolo. Like, I feel like Del Piccolo is, is the, the goal scoring Paulo. Like we know he's consistent. He's a good player. He's a key guy for them in so many different ways. Um, the scoring was a big surprise, but I'll say, um, there are a couple goals that were, um, allowed that were not great, but I feel like Chris Hubbard really, uh, there were a lot of times where he made some excellent saves. I think his distribution got better as the season went along and they, they mm-hmm. seem to have a little bit more communication there. I, I, I don't, I shouldn't say it's a surprise in the sense that like, I thought he was horrible because obviously yeah. I didn't think he was horrible, but I, I was pleasantly surprised by the end of the season uh, with where he had arrived at in his career. Obviously it's disappointing for, people who enjoy watching him that he's retired now, but seems like he's going to go do great things and is happy with his decision. Uh, but he was excellent towards the end of the season and especially in the playoffs. I mean, he really came a long way uh, through the course of the season, even after losing his job. So um, uh, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by Chris Hubbard's play. Now, despite the, uh, the outcome of that final match, I'm, I'm happy he got to end his career on such a great run of performances. Mm-hmm. And even in that final match, like I still thought he had, had a really good game. So I'm just really happy he kind of got to, to go out in that fashion. In that I regard. feel like but- the season for him made a lot more sense when that announcement came because it, it definitely seemed to me earlier on in the season this year that like something was off yeah. and and now we now know that that might have been like that injury starting to flare back up. Yep. And so to see him push through that and and put in the string of performances he ended the season on is really incredible. What, what I've come to believe in the past few months is when we're trying to judge players and performances and decisions, whatever it is around around the sport is I feel like we probably only know like 10 to 15 percent of the Mm -hmm. full situation. There's so much more behind the scenes at training X, Y, and Z, whether you're talking about a player's performance or why we did or did not resign any, any sort of spectrum. We just know there's just always so much more of the story. And then a lot of times, sometimes things like this come out later and you go, Oh, (laughs) after that vein, something funny about Paolo, because some Jeff mentioned, remind me, I can remember several years ago, 
it was like a running joke in 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 post game interviews and st- and stuff that Pella did that he wanted to get forward more and James O'Connor always <laughs> never let him that he was always <laughs> stuck playing defensive midfield and it, it's just so funny to see him finally get to to live that out. It kind of reminds me, I think at one at one point, I forget who was there joking about how Oscar likes to think that he's a, a midfielder and not a fullback. <laughs> and I think we, we got to see that at one point too, didn't we? Like him play like more so midfield. Was that the, we, was that the, was that the first championship preseason we game? mostly played a three, four, three. Um, he was in the midfield uh, oftentimes in that okay. lineup. So that, that's sort of earlier on in his career he played a lot more of that okay that's i was more of a casual fan at that point so my memory's not as uh as fine-tuned it is now wasn't as involved all right justin what do you have who was that who's the biggest surprise for you um i think i'll go with wes on this just because he's shown how dynamic he is on the back line whether it be center back or left or right back so, yeah, and it, it, it's been nice to see that we didn't always have to rely on Alexi. Mm-hmm. Like, even when Alexi was having hit that little funk that he was in, we knew that we had a solid center back to fill his role. Absolutely. It was, uh, it was more of a, uh, we had competition for that role rather than one being the solidified starter and the other being exactly. a backup, if you will. It's always something you, you want in your roster. Zach, what about you? The biggest surprise? I, uh, biggest surprise for me this year was Josh Winder. I, because I, I remember the first game he got in, it was like near the end of the game, we had a strong lead. I was like, oh, cool. Like we're getting one kids some minutes at the end yeah. of the game. Yeah. Uh, and I would never have thought that we would be starting him for games and like <laughs> getting serious minutes at, at points in that year. And I thought like he was completely serviceable when he, when he was back there, which for his age is incredible. <laughs> I was so definitely really... adding that that sort of came out of nowhere this season for me. Um, I was getting really excited and ahead of myself because nobody had listed him yet. I'm like, ah, yes, I'm going to get to bring him up and he <laughs> stole my thunder. But no, um, I mean, when, yeah, when he got signed for the full contract, that's awesome. And then he got a little bit of playing time. Like he's that first match. Oh, great. He's getting, he's getting some minutes. He's going to start to grow and whatnot. But then he got to, he got to play a, a lot. And like you yeah. said, he did very well, especially considering his age. And uh, I think that just, that caught me off guard. Like I, I thought more time would be required to get them up to that, to that needed level, but he was, he was good to go. So yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about his future, but yeah, I would put well, them in the biggest surprise category for me. It, it's probably a reason that, that Danny likes him so much, but I got the sense from the way I watched him play that if we went to a three back system at some point i think he seems like he would fit in really well as one Mm -hmm. of those outside on the three Mm -hmm. um so that's something interesting going into next year if if we end up transitioning to that at some point absolutely yeah as as far as the well this is pretty good segue because i was going to ask about lucidity's uh, best playing uh style formation so uh, you know 
I, I think that's certainly on the table. What I don't know is do you think he's going to make a full plunge to try to make that the priority or will it be a little bit of in between like a changeover season? Like that's, that's something I'm not really sure of. So uh, Jeff, what do you think is our, our best kind of playing style and maybe where do you see the team going in the future? Um, I hate back three systems just because I'm, I, I have always been an, an attack minded player uh, as, as two of you have played um, pick up soccer with me, know that I do not help defensively whatsoever. <laughs> um, and I, I just, you got I got me there I, for that. Yeah. I, I like, um, I, I like a, if they do have a back three, I do like having Sharpie as one of the outside center backs and, and possibly Winder as the other one uh, with Tosh in the middle. Um, but I just, I'm kind of in the mold of like, that's way too many center backs on the field. Um, you need, you need more, no offense to those guys, but you need more dynamic players uh, with the ball at their feet for a team that wants to be in possession and mm-hmm. be attacking. So I like the four, three, three. Um, I think if you, if you do switch to a three, I would prefer it to be like a three, six, one almost versus like having another center forward be with cam. I'd like to have, someone who can get on either side of him and maybe come back a little bit more. Um, maybe again, I don't, maybe that's Jorge Gonzalez. If they, if they were able to be in the market for him, I know he's still young and um, probably worth a lot, but um, if they could get him and have him be a 10 and play on either side of, of cam and move around in those half spaces, I could be down for that type of a back three. Um, but I, I prefer the four, three, three. If I were the manager of Louisville City, I would play a four-three-three. It's worked in the past, so I don't, yeah. pretty sa- pretty safe choice there. Justin, what about yourself? Um, I mean, I with us, I was always a fan of the four-two-three-one, but uh, I I really liked how we worked in the four-three-three this year. Uh, I mean. If Danny can implement it with the squad, I I would love for him to try the three five two. Um, but I think consistently we've worked well with the four three three. And Zach, yeah, well, I mean, if we're talking about this past season, I think clearly like four three three was our best formation. Yeah. Um, I think there's still a whole off season ahead of us there's still a lot of roster moves up in the air so i think with the core of players we have depending on who we add i think you know we maybe a different formation could be our best next season but i i i agree with jeff jeff i like i, I like holding on to the ball like we do and and like staying in attack uh i think we've been really balanced mm-hmm. historically i mean we've we've always scored a lot but we've never really given up a lot either and yep. so I, I would like to keep that moving but we have historically had success with both of those in the past so i think i think even if the formation changes i i would expect the results to stay similar mm-hmm. uh, it's yep. probably just mostly personnel and getting people in the right position on the field so that's that's fair i would I would kind of expect that we'll still probably largely use a four, three, three next season, but I think we will probably see some variation of a back three sprinkled in, I guess. And it's the, the frequency of that, depending on the success of, of those usage, but 
and and depending on the game situation. I mean, we oh, for we, sure. we transitioned to like a five man back line with leads oh, at yeah. points mm-hmm. in the season. So I think oh. it, Coach Cruz has shown he's willing to change up formation depending on the game situation. So I I think even if we start every game with a four through three, I think you would expect to see a lot of variation next year just throughout the course of the year. Yeah, tactical versatility is very important. And early on, me playing football manager, I got sacked in a club I was thought I was pretty comfortable at. So I learned that lesson. I will never forgive the Colorado Rapids for that. Uh, but um, no, if 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 Coach Newman was was taking the helm, I, I got some I got some interesting ideas, and I don't know how how, how well they would take on. So you get I'm, the Rapids relegated. <laughs> no, no, I was I, I was a fringe playoff team. I I I, I basically kept. Don't get me started on that. Um, I uh, I'm I'm pretty conservative, so I, I'm back threes just make me nervous just because I'm very defensive oriented. I like to think of myself as a responsible like Pat McMahon sort of player on the pitch. Pat McMahon is way better than myself, but <laughs> um. So I, I, you know, I, I would like a back four. What I think would be kind of interesting, obviously the four, three, three would be really good is a, Justin, you mentioned it's a four, two, three, one, but the attacking central midfielder, I think an interesting play there would have Brian own there with his speed mm. and just kind of let him almost free roam a bit. And I know that's, I mean, that would probably take a little bit of a, of a learning curve and, and, him getting some experience and usage being that, but with his, his speed and versatility, him just kind of, just kind of let him run rampant on, on offenses. I think that could be pretty interesting if, uh, if there are other right pieces around there. And so if he's going to have that versatility, I think your, your two midfielders are probably a little more defensive oriented. So you're probably not going to see the uh, nine goal Paulo de Piccolo, more of the PDP of the past. Mm -hmm. I came into Tyler uh, Gibson Corbin bone, something like that. I don't know. That's me thinking outside the box. Maybe it doesn't work for a number of other reasons, but you want to go back in CDM jail again. Jeez. Yes. You know, the, the thing, it it goes back to like, it's hard to say without knowing all the signings that they're going to have, but like, for sure, you know, with Oscar being where he is now in his career, you, he's not going to get end line to end line like Jogo. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he used to, when he was like absolutely raring to go just like two or three years ago, he could really get deep, but he's so good at sitting deep and delivering good balls in and good service in that you could play. Um, you could even play like a four, four, one, one and still have them be effective attacking, but they're sitting a little bit deeper and those yeah. outside mids can have a little more space, but we don't know who the other outside back is going to be. So oh. Yeah, for um, sure. The, the signings are a huge component of that. Yeah, yeah. And I think all of the players that they've retained are really versatile. So I think yes. it it could go lots of ways next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like your idea of the four four one one. I think that that could uh, could work. I get the right personnel. I don't really like two up top. I know it's kind of like out of vogue, mm-hmm. but I don't know. If it works, it works. So we'll bring it back. All right. <laughs> so. All right. Now here's a little, a little less analytical one, but what was your favorite mo- a moment, I guess, on or off the pitch um, for, for Louisville city? Jeff, you want to kick us off? Um, well, it was kind of, um, I mean, for me, it was, this is a, a clear and obvious choice. Um, 
And I, I, I will offer up the caveat. I'm leaving the door open for the uh, Eastern Conference semifinal with the, the late penalty because I was actually at a wedding in Arizona. It was the only game I missed all season um, calling because uh, it was a really good friend of mine. Couldn't miss that wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll leave that door potentially open for someone else to pick. Um, but because it sort of was emblematic of the whole season for Louisville city is the sporting Kansas city comeback, uh, game because they played really well, lost the lead, uh, late, which was just so annoying all season. And that's why I mentioned the shaky defensively earlier this year. They, they kept giving up late goals, even in games when they were comfortably ahead the whole game and ended up winning like three, one, I still would get annoyed that they didn't get a clean sheet. Um, but just, I mean, I don't know. I hope for your sakes that none of you heard my goal call uh, when the when the game winner went in. But I went berserk, absolutely berserk uh, when when Louisville City won that game. So that was my favorite moment, and I'll tell you why, guys. Where when you sit up in the in the the press box area, I know you guys have been up there. Mm-hmm. Um, in between each suite, there's a there's glass, so you can see the people sitting on the other side of the glass all the way down. And my, from my vantage point, I have my my pal Casey Whitfield, who I know did the racing review with you guys. She's sitting next to me, so I'm looking at her, and we're like freaking out on air. And all the way down the whole press box, from Lance McGarvey, Mitch Reed. Um, I don't know if I could see Brad, but literally every Louisville city employee who, you know, every soccer holdings employee is just like going bananas. I mean, it was awesome. It was just a chain reaction all the way down. Uh, so that was, that was really like peak uh, Louisville city season for me. That was very, very, very fun. You absolutely love those moments. Yes. That's what we live for. It's sports, right? That's what oh. we want in these, in this game, it's even awesome. if it's against sporting Kansas city too, and it should be five, nothing. Hey, hey, I, I have fond memories of sporting Kansas City, too, because we always have like re- weird, wild games. Like, remember yes. the last one in Slugger Field, eight to three. We were down yep. three nothing at one point. Like, we got our first championship against them. Like, honestly, of all the two teams, they're the only one I'm going to miss just because of the fun <laughs> okay, memories. Fair. We always have wild, fun matches. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what about you? Uh, I think I'm going to go off field for this. Okay. Um, it probably has to be the uh meetup before the first march to the memphis game uh all getting together at 10 20 just just having that group atmosphere of hanging out and just all the build up to the march and then we just have that sea of people walk walk to the stadium for the first uh full capacity game at at Lynn. So yeah, that has to be my moment of twenty one. That was there was certainly a, a, a special buzz in the air. We we didn't get that grand opening in the stadium that we were all eagerly awaiting because obviously the pandemic um kind of derailed that, but it was certainly a lot of fun getting to remember correctly we had part of that. for that game yeah the, the cheerios box one that was really good yeah that was a really good one it's that Zach, was the you first come? that was the first one that i got to actually be there to help lift so that was super cool oh cool i know you've been very involved with that i didn't know, know you hadn't been part of lifting him yeah. yeah did you come up with the design for that one 
I wasn't. Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> I, I know we're. Supposed it was great. To keep the secret Tifo, but yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was a secret. <laughs> did it? I know you've. I know you've been involved a lot. Whoops! Sharing state secrets on here. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, that was a fun one. Zach, what is everyone your, um... hated me for coming up with that design because it, it was nothing but tiny little details, which is that's like what, the that's hardest what, that's thing to it, do on the Tifo. That's what made it great. I mean, you very kept it much like the box of it, and each like little part where there's writing and stuff, it was all relevant. It was super clever. Yeah. I was a big that fan. Was a fun one. But Zach, what was your uh, your top moment on or off the field? Ah, so my favorite moment from last year. I, this is kind of similar to Jeff's. And that it was kind of emblematic of how the season went. Uh, but I'm going to do the, uh, the Memphis game, the, the last game against Memphis, mm-hmm. the, the Lancaster super goal to end the half from like oh, yeah. midfield. Yeah. Because that was another game where we, we got out to an early lead. It was looking good. And then, you know, we let Memphis score and get back in it. And it was, it was raining. It was like a, terrible weather that game i was like it's gonna be another like depressing game where i sit here in the rain and watch them give up a lead and then (laughs) first half stoppage time he just lets that one rip from way too deep like with the the moment he shot that ball i was so angry because he had like he had like a clear path to the goal they were they had beat the last defender he could have taken that up and gotten like a much closer shot than he got and then then like to watch the path the ball takes and just like dives to the left at the last second as if he's got it on a joystick or something like right past the keeper it was just an incredible moment (laughs) it was a lot of fun um yeah jeff i was i was gonna say the same thing that you said that that sporting Kansas City match. Mm. And I know in the moment, some of these back and forth games can be real stressful, but if, yeah. when the game ends in your favor, it just makes it all the better. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's it sucked that it was even that close to begin with, but how it ended just totally made up for all of that. And it makes it a very memorable moment. I just, you know, just the wild sequence of the goal and just the pure excitement, exuberation on the players' faces. Like I remember Cam just like running his arms outstretched. Mm-hmm. Truly, um, wild That's moments. Awesome. Some other ones. I will, stick- can I? Oh, yeah. Go. No, no, no. Go ahead. Say a few other ones that I just feel like our honorable mentions should be brought up. Um, Kyle Gregg's first goal. Not only was it a fun, goofy goal, the one where he spun around, rolled off his legs. Ninja <laughs> kick the cyclone. Yeah, yeah the cyclone. but. What it meant to him, I knew he was like mm-hmm. almost forced in the retirement for not ha- having find a club, and then we signed him and got in there. So just the pure just relief that he got from scoring that, and I think it was his first match he played with us, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. But that that I think was a real special moment. Another one was when San Diego Loyal came to town because it was we don't often get those cross conference matches. So there was something really special in the atmosphere about that. The weird too. vibe you, at that game. Too. Yeah. Unique new opponent. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It got real testy. And then just to cap it off with, uh, with uh, Landon getting, getting the red card and getting sent off. That was just fun. <laughs> two of my, two of my favorite moments in soccer is when, when a, your team stops a penalty kick like just the the instantaneous like excitement and pumped up needs to get. And then when a red card comes up because of how dramatic it can change a match. I mm. still remember when Cincinnati got a red awesome. card, like what, 20 minutes in that one match that we thumped them five to nil. It's great. 
Jeff, you were, you were going to say something. Yeah. Well, before we move on from the Lynn and Donovan moment, we, we, um, (laughs) he was on one of the radio shows on ESPN Louisville. He was supposed to be on, uh, we tried to get him on soccer city radio. We actually had a very low success rate of trying to get opposing team uh, people on our radio show. Um, We tried very hard for him and Rose Lavelle and we did not get either. And, um, he, he was on for like five minutes and he said something about getting bourbon. So Jason Entz uh, went out and got, uh, I forgot what it was, maybe Buffalo Trace. I forgot what bourbon it was um, and uh, brought it to the game. And so we had like planned out with the PR person for San Diego that we were going to bring him a gift from Louisville um, in Louisville city uh, after the game. <laughs> and then he gets a red card. And we're just like, oh no, like this is not, you know, it's, it's Landon Donovan. Like, you know, this is a big deal for us. We get to see Landon Donovan and they were like, yeah, just come on down. Don't worry about it. So we went down there and he was perfectly fine. In fact, he made the joke that he was going to drink it on the bus uh, as soon as he got on the bus, because he was so disappointed with the game. Um, But the other one that I was just going to throw out there was um, the Birmingham Legion game at the end of the season uh, to clinch the division was just such high energy and uh, the late winner. I mean, it was like, we talk about moments that you could tell it's the famous like British announcer phrase. You could see how much it means to him. Um, the moment that they all experienced when the final whistle went, how excited they were that they had won a lot of fist pumps, a lot of yes, and probably a lot of F yes. Um, it was cool. It, that was, that was another cool moment. Yeah, that was, that was, that was cool how the season concluded that way. It was stressful at the time, oh but in God. but in yeah. but in hindsight, I mean, it's pretty pretty cool and uh, really adds to the to the story of things. It's stressful a lot of fun. Was, games was... remind me uh, another a great off the field. Well, I mean, kind of on the field moment. I remember is uh, whoever picks our music had just a great season start to finish, but <laughs> the end of the Miami FC game when they put on Culture Club. <laughs> <laughs> was just the funniest moment I had in that stadium. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time because I'm not familiar with their music, but as soon as I was told, I'm like, oh, that's oh, especially with how fun. the game went too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that worked out real nicely. So all right. Well, that was the uh the list of questions that I had. Um did you guys have any other moments or just comments from the from the season overall that you didn't get to bring up in any of those contexts well i'll start while you guys are thinking one thing i just want to call it is that i know it's easy to be disappointed and 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 how the season ended but if you look at things full picture the team did really good like if you look at the numbers like they were a dangerous attacking team and they were arguably just a few moments difference, like at different points throughout the season from being the, like one of the best defensive teams as well. I mean, they were still like still very high up there in defensive uh, production they were still seventh with actual goals allowed seventh, eight. Like, yeah. But like what it was compared to the expected goals against like what it, what it could have been based off those models and no, they're not perfect. The game's not played on a spreadsheet, yada, yada. But we, I mean, we had a really good, strong season. And I think if we're able to bring back a lot of some of these up in the air players that as at the time of this recording have not yet signed there, plus add a few, few high impact signings, not, not like 
I'm not talking like backups. They sit the bench in LA play when somebody's injured. I want somebody competing with these names that we know and love for the job. The competition is going to make all the better. We're still also, set up I'm for a lot of I'm looking forward success. to playing a normal schedule next year. Thank you. Hopefully, Please. finally. Yeah, that's yeah. I, 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 I suspect that I, that I don't have any inside information on this, that the season will go back to more of what we're familiar with in the past it, because, I mean, that was a – that was the COVID product, the, the weird schedule where we're still playing the same teams in these smaller bubble things. So we'll get to play the Miami's uh, FCs. We'll get to play the Pittsburgh um, River Hounds. And it's it's going to be a lot of fun, especially uh, it, I think this is before we're recording or might have been. I can't remember now. We were talking about the whole continuity piece and how other teams are starting to. I'm not going to say embrace that. They're starting that they're starting to be able to have some continuity in their squad built up as well. I think the competition across the league is getting greater. The whole league is elevated, and it's going to take just that much more for our team to win. And so I, you know, I'm excited because if we're able to continue the success we've had in the past, it's going to mean that much more because the competition has just raised the bar. Mm-hmm. So that was some of my rambling closing thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Uh, we can definitely see a traditional east, east and west divisions next year, and not this Atlantic, Central, Pacific, and Mountain stuff that we had this year. But yeah, I could definitely see us getting back to our normal setups, and hopefully get also get to see some new faces this year with Detroit coming in. I totally forgot about them for a minute, actually. Very much. I have been wanting Detroit to join the league for several years now, so I was very happy about that announcement. Yeah, They will be uh, a fun opponent. Their supporters group is honestly a little annoying on Twitter, but I think... Yeah, but they're fun annoying. I know. They're, they're I know. not annoying I want to play against. In, that's that's in what I was league. getting against. Like, yeah. I don't hate them. Like, I don't want them to be around. I hate them as like, wow, they're loud, they're strong, they're opinionated, but they're passionate, and I like that, and I'm probably going to go to Detroit <laughs> in 2022 now um so that's 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 a fun cool addition depending on the weekend yeah i'll probably definitely try and make the trip up absolutely i need to do more way matches going to tampa was fun except for the match yeah especially with everything (laughs) really starting to get back to normal now and hopefully you know knock on wood nothing (laughs) hopefully this new variant doesn't actually screw anything else up I mean, like it is in Europe. It might. <laughs> but, uh, just, people, if you're listening, please go get vaccinated. I really yeah, want to watch soccer in person. Get boosted. <laughs> yeah, get boosted. Do it all. Uh. <laughs> um, we- but yeah, I, I'm definitely wanting to try and make a couple more away games this year. Besides just the quick trippers up to Indy and Memphis. Yeah. I feel that one. I wanna, I, I'm waiting for Queensboro to join, so I have a good reason to go to New York. I'm not going to go it's for Red Bulls 2. Is Red Bulls 2 out officially for next year, or are they like lingering? I don't know. I'm not going to go to New York for them. I can't remember if they're one of the 2023 teams. Yeah. I, I thought they were. Who knows? So. All right, well, gang, I think uh, that's about it. I didn't want to mention, oh. are we going to get an Open Cup next year? Is that is that still a thing? We just... <laughs> yeah, I think I think they've already done like play in rounds. Yeah. 
for like the amateur oh, clubs. I, I am very much looking forward to getting some more open cup matches because I oh. I think those have always been fun. And so, we've we're finally gonna be able to play some at Lynn, which I think is gonna oh. be really fun. Yep. What's oh. gonna be interesting though is uh now that MLS announced their schedule and they're starting in, at the end of February now and going all the way to November. So it's going to, that's going to make the open cup even more interesting. I considering that. Well, haven't they also added that? I don't know what year it starts, but aren't they playing that weird the uh, Mexican one? League MX versus that's MLS right. that's, tournament. That's already, thing. So that's they, already they've also thing. added another tournament in there. Yeah, I'm, oh, I didn't. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to go too off on a tangent here, but I hate how much of a stranglehold MLS has. They're trying. On they're trying US to soccer. strangle out the Open Cup with that. And I, and I think they're succeeding, which which is it's really unfortunate. I liked being able to play some of these unique teams, and I mean, even though we don't get a, a crack at at the uh, Champions League, if we do somehow win it all, um, it's still fun to participate in and and the magic of those runs, but. I hope it happens. I hope it happens, but I'm a little doubtful. So should be us getting <laughs> pounded by Cruz Azul. Yeah, that'd be fun. Go to, <laughs> go to Azteca as an away fan. <laughs> oh. Boy, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> oh. All right. Protective detail on that. Yeah, right. I'm not going <laughs> to tell my wife the details of that one. I'm going to go to Mexico for a soccer match. Don't worry, they'll be nice. It'd be fun for a away. I'd I'd go there. They got a lot of good food there. I don't think they'd be very receptive of the away fans. I I very honestly do not think that they would be super intimidated by Louisville City in an away (laughs) game. I don't I don't think you're gonna get a lot of a lot of heat. All I know is that I I have a very big fear for any USA fans that go there in January. Yeah, there. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that about does it for us. We covered uh, covered a lot of ground. We had a really good season. Obviously, with a few blemishes, we lost coach. We didn't win the uh, Lipa FC. How the season ended, but there were a lot of redeeming factors and a lot to be looking forward to. I'm excited to see what signings come down the pipeline. I have a lot of faith in uh, Coach Cruz, and and I'm excited to see him get his full imprint on the team. You know, because what he got what he played with this season was very much the product of uh, the mix of him and, and John Hackworth's work leading up into it. Now this se- will be his first season fully at the helm and he'll get his full imprint on the team. So curious and excited about that. But uh, Jeff, Justin, I want to thank you guys very much for, for joining us and breaking things down and, and talking about the season that was. And uh, time. yeah, well, thanks for having us. The guests plug their stuff. You guys, yeah. you guys got anything to plug? Yeah. Go around <laughs> the horn. Jeff, what do you, what do you got? Uh, well, we're, we're, uh, laying low this winter on soccer city radio. Um, so you can just follow me on Twitter at Jeff Greer. I'll be tweeting about all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm excited for the racing expansion draft. Uh, well, maybe not the expansion draft, but the college draft. Um, <laughs> and I can't wait to see who Louisville city signs. I, I there's inclination. There's hints that it's going to be someone good at outside back. So I'm excited to see who that is. And uh, we'll be following it all along like you guys are on, on Twitter and elsewhere. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, JT Rocker 117. Um, he takes good pictures in the, in the game. I always like this. 
you get that good uh, higher up vantage point from a stop and a land. Yep. Good I mean, sunsets. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh pretty much dead season unless I go to another bingo game. But yeah. There you go. Pretty much dead season for photo taking. Yeah. They'll come back though. It'll be here before we know it. Yeah. So hopefully we get a couple more uh preseason games this preseason. Right. I keep trying to get I, a good Polaroid of a sunset at the stadium. I can't can't time it right. Don't get the lighting right. <laughs> Just, just since your point, like the club, like just take my money, like just let me come watch a preseason match. I'll pay you. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm trying to give as much money as I can to you guys. <laughs> but no, seriously, like they need to do more of that. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> like the the Riverhound, like the Riverhound game when we got to go to. That was cool. So, um, the only other thing I'm going to plug is that uh, as this recording, up, we have up until the end of the day on Friday, the 17th, to make your donation to the Home of the Innocents in support of Brian Ombi winning the, uh, the VamosMorados.com Player of the Year. You get a shot at winning the signed bourbon bottle. Those were exclusive bottles that they sold in very limited quantities in the team store. I have one I'm going to raffle off if you make uh, at least a $5 donation. So check out VamosMorados.com for details on that. Put the money towards a good cause. If you don't donate towards that, there's obviously a lot going on in the western portion of the state that uh, could use a lot of uh, love, love, and assistance. So uh, there's a there's a number of different efforts floating around out online there. So channel your uh, – all I'm going to say there is just channel your charitable spirits this, uh, this holiday season. So. Man, ended on a somber note. Whoops. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for, for tuning in as always. Thank you for the state of Louisville for uh, for hosting us. Uh, check out their website. Doing a lot of great work over there uh, with Louisville City and a lot of other Louisville-related sports. As always, I'm Benton. You can find me on Twitter at PurpleSDF. I just forgot my handle. You can find me at ZachWL. Take care, everybody. Bye, y'all. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.